This episode is supported by Enscape, empowering your design workflow by turning your BIM model into an immersive 3D experience. So we just did a presentation for the AIAS Forum Converge. It's a long, it's a mouthful of a title, (laughs) but the AIAS, American Institute of Architects Students Forum, which is one of their kind of annual events. The other one is Grassroots. And they held it in Denver, which I'm not sure how many people were actually in Denver, if anybody, because the thing that we did was virtual. But we did a, uh, at, at TACT, we did a, brunch and learn which Ooh, is a brunch and learn yeah because I, like I mean you span time zones i you can't really call it a <laughs> yeah it was lunch it was lunch on the east coast <laughs> so so that was the time slot but uh, we we did a presentation for the future of this profession is what i would say and i think you know i wasn't involved in aias when i was in school i you? was i was the auburn university president dang look at you go getter like like you had extra time to do stuff in school. So it was funny as it so it started out that we had a good community of friends and students and stuff at at Auburn. I think the overall like body count of of students <laughs> body yeah, count the walking dead. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess you know I guess that was an appropriate phrase. <laughs> but you know I mean you know we had like couple hundred students in there and so it was a relatively tight knit especially like in our grade levels each each grade level maybe had like range between 50 to 70 people and so you have classes with every one of the people that you graduate at least once if not more times than and of course studio it's like this kind of amoeba of like communal living exactly and and (laughs) i was there twice you know when i was going to school and I kind of like dropped out of school for a while. So it was before I dropped out, that was when I was more involved with AIS. And, and that was, it seemed even more communal living because we, we were there during like our summer option program, where the people who are transferring in had like the entire first year program was all like wrapped up in a summer semester. And, and so like, you know, that though that was a very tight knit group. And then you know, as you say, communal living. I mean, we, we literally had like I brought in a sleeper sofa, people were building bunk beds, hammocks. I mean, it, it was so funny that like, you know, numerous times you'd like get off the elevator because a lot of times we were on like the fourth floor of our of our building or the penthouse. And nice. And you'd like you'd get off the elevator and you'd smell people's crock pots going. You're like, you're like <laughs> I was wondering where you were like, going to go oh, with this. <laughs> it's 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 a gumbo night, or yeah, you know. Right. And I mean, it's potluck. I swear. Yeah. I mean, there would be so much. I mean, it, it was it was fun. I mean, and I'm sure, you know, I I don't know how schools and universities are, especially during the past two years of the COVID events and stuff. They're missing out on this kind of. community. They totally thing. are missing out on this yeah. community stuff, and so I I kind of how you build real relationships exactly. So we used to have a, a good community where, you know, we'd have like dog days of summer and things like that, where we would, you know, like grill out, do hot dogs and hamburgers and everything else. And so for the longest time, because I had gotten out of the army and gone, you know, straight into school that I was 
that was kind of the grill master, you know, cause it was just like, well, you know, when we were in, when I was in the army, I was always like the grill master and, you know, we're running the, just doing hot dog and hamburger for field days and things like that. And so anyway, you know, we did that to raise money and, and I kind of just got involved that way, but then I got involved a lot more where, you know, I was helping on like planning committees for like our Beaux-Arts ball and our pumpkin carve, which is this awesome annual event that we do every year where the entire Every student and, you know, mostly even professors get together and we do like this big, massive uh, pumpkin carve. And we've got like our entire courtyard, which is kind of like on this main thoroughfare between the dorms and the rest of campus. So like everybody flows through there. So it's like a massive event. I mean, it is massive event. Thousands and, you know, tens of thousands of people come to this event. So it's it's like it is a thing. It is. And so, you know, I started getting involved with that and they're like, Oh, you need to run for office. I'm like, I don't need to run for office. <laughs> like, no, no, you need to run for office. I'm like, all right, just put my name in there. And somehow I got elected president. You're such a pushover. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, all right, fine. <laughs> it's okay. A, Since you're twisting my arm. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, all right, fine. So somehow I got elected president and you volunteered. And it was, yeah. Or voluntold. <laughs> And it was, it was actually kind of a fun year. You know, we, we got to do a lot of, we instituted a lot of different things like architectural movie night on every Thursday, we would have like this architectural movie night where we, people would like pick some strange and obscure movies, like the belly of an architect and just weird, strange movies that architects would like, or future architects at this particular point. And so we did things like that. And then we helped also like set up different lecturers and, and all that other stuff, which everybody's school does. It was, it was a blast. I loved it, loved actually getting involved with it. And unfortunately the second time around when I went there, you know, I was married, I was just trying to finish up school and you know get, you know, get done and get out kind of thing. So I, I, I got involved enough just to kind of like help out with like certain events and stuff, but I didn't get as involved, but I really, I think it's a good, it's a great program to kind of help build community in the architecture school and then connect with the, the broader kind of architectural community linking with professionals. And it's really a lot of like what we do is just like trying to figure out, help students figure out if like, you know, this is the path for them. It, it's funny because you're, you're talking about this as like <clears throat> all the benefits of it and the community side of it. And, and, and it's funny because like my mind went to, it's like more time with architects and it's like further hazing is not the right word, but it's like conditioning, <laughs> right? For setting you up for what life is actually going to be like, which is spending all of your time with architects. And, and it's like, got to get out of that echo chamber sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the interesting thing was, is it, it was looking it was a mechanism to kind of get away from some of that stuff. We did like, you well, know, it is sounds way more fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we did camping trips, canoeing trips, hiking, you know, like barbecues, a lot of barbecues, a lot of barbecues. <laughs> that seems like the AIS thing on, on, on campuses is, is hosting barbecues. <laughs> oh yeah. There was this one great event that we did that was just like this art walk. It was a, that was something that was more of like my contribution because at uh, like early on, you know, architecture and art were all in the same building. And then as the campus grew and the programs grew and all that other stuff, art needed its own place that was much larger than the 
buildings that they could share. The other programs always get the new buildings, by the way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> art, art, art actually stayed in the building where architecture had started. Mm. And we moved to a brand new building across campus, which was Didn't see that coming. art, music, and theater. I mean, sorry, architecture, music, and theater were all kind of like in their group. Um, interesting combo so yeah yeah it was actually but but the thing about it was is so like with that physical move there was almost a, a mental move between the two and so like there used to be all these events that art and architecture would do together and that hadn't been the case for like decades i was taking some classes and one of my favorite professors in architecture her husband is a professor in art and you know we got to talking like we really got to like reinstitute this art walk. And so we basically got together with the art program. If, if I say it's about a, a mile, you know, between the two buildings, it, I, it's not really hyperbole. It, I mean, it, it is a pretty good hike from one end of campus to the other end of campus. It may not necessarily be a mile, but it's pretty damn close if it isn't. And so what we tried to do was basically like identify this path between the two buildings and then ident- and then create like these little like events between the two that would go on for an entire week. And so people would just kind of like walk back and forth between those and there would be like all sorts of events and everything. We try to integrate it with some other things that were going on within, you know, the Auburn campus, like Heyday, where you walk around and you're like, hey. <laughs> that sounds like an event. <laughs> so, so here's what you do during this event. You, you say hey to people. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I dare anybody who's listening to look up Auburn University heyday. And all right, we'll put a link I, to it in the show notes. It's it is it is an event. It is it's an event. It's quite a thing. But yeah, you walk around, hi, you know. <laughs> um, it was it was there to kind of promote friendliness and just kind of like community and, and things like that. So sure. you know, it isn't just about like, you know, walking around and saying, Hey, hey y'all, hey. <laughs> you know. Well, it seems like the AIS captures students who are, I don't know, I don't know, I want to say next level, but this is kind of the, it seems like there's an energy there that is, that, and I was not a part of it. And I was aware of some of some AIS events. I just felt, I didn't live on campus. And I think a lot of the AIS students who were in my program were on campus and it did become a lot more community driven for on-campus students. So I, I was a commuter, but it does seem like there there is kind of like this extra layer of community that happens with AIS. Funny enough, I was a commuter too, but because I was a commuter, I kind of felt a slight disconnection from all the people who either lived on or near campus. Yeah, I would agree. With and that. so that's kind of why I got involved. Plus, also, I was older. I was a transfer student. I wasn't part of like the clique of like people the who, initiation exactly you know I didn't go through first year I didn't do all of those things and so I wanted to get involved in that and so anyway back to your video <laughs> well we we so yeah be, before the event I reached out to a bunch of architects that I know in my network across the country and asked a couple of questions just to keep it short and pointed and it was you know, advice for students, knowing what you know now in the profession, and I, you were one of them who contributed to this, and I'll put a link to the video. We're not going to repeat all the information that is in that video here, but the, the two questions were, knowing what you know now, everything from capital A, blank page, start a new project, 
capital A architecture, designing the form of the building, the program, synthesizing all of the users and stakeholders. Like there's so much in the front end and then all the way to the, you know, end of CDs where you're specifying every single piece that goes into a building and the assemblies and the way that it needs, you know, the design intent. You're basically explaining the design intent. There's a, there's a huge spectrum there. And there's so many things in between. There's technology layers, there's user group meetings, there's design, there's project architects, there's technical architects, there's people doing the modeling, there's uh, consultants, there's you know coordination, there's so many things in there. What advice would you have for students to give them a leg up when they come? Because it seems like the this audience, the AIAS students in particular, are the ones who are... They're, they're very much looking for making a difference in the profession. And I think that if you're going to make a difference in the profession, you need to approach it with the wisdom, the good stuff from the leaders who are already there, but then make it what you want it to be as a collective, as a, as a generation of architects. And, and so to me, that, that was kind of the, the point of capturing that knowledge from a few different architects across the U.S. and architects in, in quotes there. I mean, it's people in and around architecture. I was actually kind of glad that you did that because you know, there's a lot of times and, and how many times have we asked ourselves and even on this show, how many times have we asked ourselves? It's like, if you knew what architecture was before you got into architecture, would you get into architecture? Would this, you know, it's like. Everybody's like, ooh, I want to be an architect. It sounds so glamorous. I know. You know. I think, And I think there is like some of that rose-colored glasses stuff going on for sure. And our point was not to say, look, it's totally screwed up. No, 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 no. no. Because <laughs> no. in some ways it totally is. And in other ways, there's never been more opportunity than there is right now. So – this is this is definitely like like my goal wasn't to to say like like look do you guys really know what you're getting into because I hope they do know what they're getting into and I I can't control like how much exposure they've had or th- that they've intentionally tried to open up for themselves to see what it's really like and 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 they're the, still saying yes to it because they are members of the AIS and they are graduating. And they are going to come into this profession. So so one of the goals that I had for, one, joining the AIS at the time, but then becoming AIS president, was to kind of increase exposure to professionals. Because coming from it, you know, having a career prior to going into architecture, well, five-year career, of being an active Army soldier, I, I realized that most of my knowledge came from kind of exposing myself to the elders, exposing myself to listening to the stories, the the teachings and whatnot of the people who came before me. Sponging it up, right? It, like exactly. The, because and at, at that age, you are like ripe for that. Totally. And, and, and that was one of the goals that I had for, for what I was, you know, kind of like the events and things that I tried to do with AIS is just try to get more exposure to the people in the profession, and especially like the second time around, even though I wasn't as actively involved with AAS by running for offices and things like that, you know, I always kind of like stayed in touch with the AAS folks and kind of gave them like, you know, I, you know, hey, here's some great ideas. Because what was interesting about my, as everybody's sort of heard my the story of like, you know, I went into the army, got out of the army, went into college, 
ran out of money and kind of dropped out of school and then worked at a firm for four years and then went back to school and then finished up. And so there's this interesting kind of like sequence of events of my experiences. Like, you know, I had this experience of like how to be an employee and, and learn and all of that other stuff. Then, you know, was a student then learned how to be like somebody working in the profession, you know, my chosen profession and then went back to school. And, and so there's always these links of being able to kind of like look back at my past of like, okay, you know, how, how can I best enrich others in this chosen profession that we, we got into. And, you know, it's just like looking for those events to link people up with and kind of like, now, can I always ask myself, you know, we, you and I've like talked about like the whole, would you have gone into architecture if you knew what you were getting into when you did that? And not to sound like, oh, architecture is so tough. Would you have really put yourself through what we're, what we put ourselves through? And the answer has still always been yes. But I, I asked the same question of myself in the army is like, if I knew what I was getting into when I went into the army, would I've done it? And the answer is still yes. But those are the things that I wanted to try to expose when I was in AIS, wanted to expose people. And so the the video that you created is great in the outreach that the AIS and the grassroots and what was this one called? Forum. Um, forum. You know, yeah. like, so these, these forums and stuff, this forum and then the grassroots forum are great to have students exposed to it. Now you're right. There is kind of like a, it's more of like the, there's an interesting mentality of, you know, people who get involved with AIS versus people who don't. And I kind of wish that the people who do would try to reach out to the people who don't and try to include them in a lot of these events and try to include, or at least that was always a struggle or a challenge for me is like, you know, some of the things that I'm trying to do, I always made open, not just AIS people, but to the entire program to make sure that, oh yeah, you know, like, okay, I landed a a once in a a lifetime opportunity to, when I was president, (laughs) long history of, of all of this. And so short story, longer, long story short, everybody knows that Paul Rudolph went to Auburn. And if they don't, Paul Rudolph went to Auburn (laughs) when it was not called Auburn. And he had there was a falling out between him and the university and so he never really wanted to come back for any kind of like talks or lectures or things like that and he's our number one graduate and so this there's there's a parallel story with frank gary at my school for this story (laughs) and and so he so he did so he didn't want so like he was on a lecture circuit and he came to auburn but he did not come to the university. It was a university adjacent lecture that he was doing. And I saw that he was coming and I kind of reached out to his people and stuff and, and, you know, got him to at least agree to kind of like meet, you know, not just the AIS students, but any student who really wanted to come and just kind of have like a, a kind of a one-on-one, you know, let, let's just have a meet and greet kind of coffee. It was at a co- you know, a coffee house when coffee houses were huge. Cause this was, you know, early nineties and, that's where people met is. <laughs> and so, you know, he came and he was gracious and he like bent us and, and, you know, talked to us. And those were the things that I was trying to do is how do I expose the students to the professionals and let them just kind of like have like this one-on-one conversation. You know, I did it with Charles Gwathme. I mean, he was, he came to like have, have a lecture at our university at the school and he did that, 
But then he made himself available to like have conversations with us. And it was only through like the efforts of, you know, like the AIAS that we were able to like kind of secure some of these cool things where like we actually would be able to sit down and have candid conversations with like, what is it like to be in the profession? And what is it like to like get to the level that you are and, and how, you know, what are the struggles that you went through and what was it like when you were a student and, and just things like that. And and that's what I loved about your, your video is that, you know, you were talking about very specific kind of topic, but you know, the topic was. It's open to interpretation, it, right? Like exactly. it's, it's, it's an open-ended question. Exactly. What, what would you, what advice and oh man, that could go so many different directions. There is an, I don't have it sitting around me, so I'll have to find out, you know, what it is and maybe just throw it in the show notes. But there was a, a book that my boss at work had given me to to read. And it was basically a book by a lot of like top architects on that very question. It's like, what what advice would you give your younger self? Basically a letter to your younger self. It's like, here I am, I'm like 25, 30, 40 years in the profession. Here's all of this like wealth of knowledge or experience that I have. What would you, you know, what kind of advice would you give your younger self? And it's the same thing as like this video that you had. It's just like, you know, what is the advice that you would give to to students? And in a way, I was sort of giving very similarly. I was like kind of giving advice to not only them, but like even myself, really, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. That that was exactly it. I think that helps kind of frame the question. What would I have liked to have known when I was a student because of what I know now? And and that will just naturally apply to lots of other people. And some people interpret it as like, no, here's what I would tell students and not necessarily my former self, but but to prepare them for the future and to prepare them to be in the right mindset to make it their own, right? Make this profession their own. Let's take a moment and talk about the sponsor of this episode. Enscape is a leading real-time rendering and virtual reality tool for the global AEC market. It plugs directly into your modeling software, giving you an integrated design and visualization process. With Enscape, you can render in real-time and walk stakeholders through your rendered model with incredible ease. Your buildings can be experienced long before they are built. More than 200,000 unique monthly users from over 150 countries use Enscape to envision better designs. To learn more or to sign up for a free 14-day trial, visit enscape3d.com slash arcaspeak today. That's enscape3d.com slash arcaspeak. I think what's really interesting about AIAS is it's a volunteer organization. And so when I talk about the AIAS students being the ones who are really like raising their hands and actively participating in the profession and their education, it's because of the, it's because of that. It's a completely volunteer run thing. And so there's this kind of insane amount of effort being put into it on top of their normal architectural education. Uh, and so I think it's really impressive. And so that's why I, I couldn't wait to get in front of these students and, and give a presentation, but then also follow it up with, because we could only include a little bit of it in the presentation itself. We didn't have very much time. This video that I ended up making was, it's about 40 minutes. It's six different people. So it's everybody's kind of giving a little bit of advice, but then when you add it all up, it's quite a bit. And so that, up again, we'll put a link to it in the show notes because I think this show 
students listen to this show, but also mid-career professionals listen to the show and late-career professionals listen to the show. We've heard from all of them. And there's late-career and mid-career professionals that have advice to give, too, that I would love it if if that's you listening right now to go to that video and add it in the comments right there. So just go there and do that. You don't even have to watch the video. Just add your advice to the comments because this needs to be an ongoing conversation and this needs to be the kind of thing that happens more and more in this profession because we see the lack of mentorship. We see the lack of connections and we see these students kind of hungrily reaching out and saying like look help help us out here we sh-. just because the older generations had to go through what they had to go through to get to where they are doesn't mean the younger ones have to do exactly the same thing and i think that is kind of a common mindset it's like well here's what i did so you should have to do it too that's not going to be the case like we can see it right now it is totally different and it will not be the same i mean covid as the number one thing to stare at in that topically they're not getting the same experience and they're not going to get the exact same experience and because of that like we need to create these resources so that they don't have to reinvent this profession like pieces of this profession need to be reinvented don't get me wrong but a lot of it doesn't because there is a lot of amazing wisdom and knowledge and experience that can be shared and so I just encourage people to do that. And then if you're a student, if you're the younger, you know, emerging professional, early career professional, I would love to know what resonates with you from what you're hearing, either through those comments or through the video itself. Because again, this conversation needs to evolve and not just be like a snapshot in time. So that that would be my uh, my ask of this audience. You know, and, and what's interesting is like to take that even one step further is like, you know, what have you learned? What kind of advice would you give, you know, not only a young professional or student, but also yourself of what you've learned over the course of the last two years? Because as we, as we all know now, like there is a going to be a dramatic, there, there has been, there will be, and there will continue to be this dramatic shift in the profession, in the way that we work. People are, still working from home. People are, you know, working from home, but with a blended schedule of at home and at work. And some people are just like straight out at work. And, but, you know, but I feel like there's a fundamental change in the way that we're going to be working. And, you know, something that I find very interesting is like, what kind of advice would you give yourself just on like, okay, the past two years, what has it taught us? You know, the past two years, has changed the way that I view the way that I work, the way that we work, the way that the profession works. And what are those observations? What, what would you do differently? What, I mean, there's, there's a variety of things that I, you know, was just talking about. There's a challenge to, you know, managing really, really large projects, 100% virtual. And so there's some things, there's some, you know, trial and, and error type thing, sometimes error, sometimes it, it works. And so it's just like those questions of like, you know, how do you, what, what are those, what are those challenges and how do you face them? And, and how did, you know, what would you do differently or what did you learn? And, and it's interesting because if you like due to what the kind of intent of the video is, is, you know, like 
you know, what was, what are, what is the advice to kind of like student, what advice would you give to students or your younger self or whatever can take, as you said, kind of take, you know, many different forms or many different interpretations, but a lot of, and, and I can't even remember what I, I said in the video, but a lot of it was coming from where I am right now in like the challenges that I faced over like the past few years of trying to be more technologically savvy in the way that I work so that I can embrace like the next phase of the profession and the next phase of, of how in the way we work. Yeah. And I think it to throw another little carrot out there because a lot, a lot of times mentorship is one-to-one and because of technology we now have the ability to be one to many, 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 like tens of thousands of people, if not more. And things like this podcast and things like YouTube as platforms for messaging, right? Getting communication out. I think that people have a much bigger imp. They have the potential to have a lot bigger impact than they think. And I don't think that there is any bad advice here. Like this is where you get to interpret that question however you want. And you don't know what you're going to say, but I encourage you to say it anyway and get it out there because we can reach so many people. We actually have the ability to affect the, the entire future of this profession in a much bigger way than like our five closest friends, <laughs> which is like when I was in school, that's what it was. That was it. It was a very small network. And now we have the ability, we are hyper-networked. And that was kind of the whole point of our talk was about building your network and how important building real relationships in your network is. And so on one level, like you're, you're speaking out into the void. There isn't real relationships there, but you are giving your advice to anybody who's looking for it. And on the other side, we're saying like, look, take the time to build real relationships and you can... Like because of technology, actually, you can do that in an insane way now that you couldn't do before. It wasn't based on your location. It it isn't based on your location anymore. And and that was probably one of the biggest takeaways from from this talk was the importance of relying on other people to fill the void of what you don't know because you can't know everything as an architect. So don't even try. Like obviously. There's tons of stuff you're going to be self-interested in or have to do for a, for a particular role in a particular firm on a particular project and all those things. But you can't know everything about everything that goes into your buildings and into the design and what you want to actually see happen in the world. And it, you have to be able to rely on other people. And And my point of view is like the technology, and this is where all the the older generation is raising their hands and going like, yeah, like it, it's not all that. It isn't because it's, and on some level, it's just data and it doesn't connect the dots and it doesn't encapsulate experience or knowledge. And to me, that's where people come in. I mean, right? That's what we're talking about when we talk about building these relationships, which is people can do that kind of stuff. And so by building your network of people and not just like sites you visit and places like directories of data, because those are just points along the path they don't connect the dots we the, the main message was for as for these students was 
take the time to start building real relationships and build those so that you can rely on those people during when you're doing architecture, when you're doing those projects, because man, they're going to like, if they could save you fit, like Sharice Lakeside was one of the people on the video. And she's like, if, if you could save 50 to 90% of your time, would you? <laughs> because somebody else knows that way better than you can. Like, that's amazing. That's an amazing resource. But only if you only if you build it intentionally. Well, I mean, you know, think about this and think about this, this whole importance of networking. So Sharice is a great example. I had a friend who was who I worked with here in our Baltimore office that he and his family were moving out to, you know, the Portland, Oregon area. And he was just and I asked him, you know, hey, have you started looking around? You know, do you like, you know, what's uh what's your status on kind of like job search? And he's like, I don't really know anybody. So, you know, I'm just kind of cold calling people. He's like, I was like, hold on. And so I reached, so I reached out to Sharice and, and other people that I knew, but, you know, specifically like Sharice and cause I knew that she had a great network of people. And so through my network with her, her network with other people, you know, we got him set up with, you know, a handful of, of interviews. And it is who you exactly. know. Like, that, that, you know, they say it's, it's not what you know, it's yeah. who you know, like, especially when you're, when you're trying to find, land a job. Totally true. And, right. And, and so, you know, and what was funny is like, I've done that so many times for so many different people. It's just like, you know, I'm getting ready to move to this location. And you know, how many times have I even talked to you about it? Like, you know, Hey, I've got somebody who might be, you know, moving into this and you even interviewed someone, but also like. What I love about the the network that has been created through a variety of different platforms are things like, you know, hey, I'm working on this this project type and I've done this before, but, you know, what I'm specifically doing might be a little bit new or, I mean, hell, I, if you recall, I was doing some, I was doing a, a, a pedestrian bridge in St. Louis and there was a couple of things that were, you know, I was like, I hand drew out like some pretty complex kind of like shapes, but I didn't know how to model them. Right. I remember that. And, and yeah. I'm laughing just because and, I, and, yeah, you and sent I sent it to, it me. to you <laughs> and you were like, oh yeah, yeah. And then you sent it back to me and I'm just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And like, you know how, not only like that you did it, but like how quickly you did it because I knew the right people to go to, to ask those, those things. And that. And that is the beauty of networking. And that is the beauty of AIS. And that is the beauty of this kind of like connection of people that you make within school or even in this profession. So that when you, we always try to make sure that like, or at least a lot of the times we say, you know, you are not in this alone, strengthening your network and like, you're really kind of like keeping a bond with, you know, some of these people. I mean, I may not see, you know, a lot of the people in my network ever or, you know, maybe like once or twice a lifetime or something, but every once in a great while, I'll just drop them a line and just say, you know, Hey, how are you doing? Just to kind of like, you know, say, you know, let them know I'm thinking about them, just keeping that connection fresh, keeping my name in the back of their mind, just in case they ever want to reach out and, and ask me for advice and help. And in numerous, numerous times I get texts or emails or, or things like that, that just people asking questions or, you know, people asking, you know, like, Hey, do you know anybody in this area? I'm thinking about moving in and, you know, and I just, I don't know any contacts in this, but like, hold on. Yeah. I know somebody. <laughs> right. Right. 
it's it's incredible how important that is and how that is the the whole kind of thesis of this talk was that during the educational part of our career we are taught to be completely self-sufficient and this is the opposite of that because there is no way you you won't do a project by yourself and you can't do a project by yourself but that is how we are trained that's how we are licensed and there's definitely some attitude about that that exists out there, right? Which is like, no, you're going to go through this because that's what I went through. Like, you're going to do it this way because that's how I did it. But what we're saying is is, is that it, it doesn't work like that in the real world for the, you know. And, and this is important to learn as early as possible because the sooner you learn it, the sooner you start building those relationships and the sooner you do kind of supercharge where that information can come from instead of just kind of blindly searching into Google to find maybe what you're looking for, maybe not, then it's going to save you a ton of time and effort. And you're actually going to be able to achieve the bigger picture things that you want to achieve because you're not doing the minutia part of it. And I think that's where architects are best suited is to steer the ship and not have to be the one doing every single little task. That's how we're actually trained to think, even though we're trained to operate independently and like in our own little silo. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean, that that's the one thing that I mean, being more funny, funny enough, somebody who talks like on a bi weekly basis or whatever it is that our, our podcast comes out. Yeah, whatever um, it is. You know, I... I've always been kind of like a little bit more self-sufficient and um, introverted, weirdly enough. But because of this, because of our network, because of the people that we know, like I know more people than I thought I would ever know. I've I've met more people than I thought I would ever meet. And it is because of the importance that I, you know, finally put on networking and relationship building and, you know, making sure that, you know, and and, and I'm not like the the first person that would go running out and be like, yeah, let's go do this. You know, it's just like, but I, I see the value in the networks and the connections of being able to like, I mean, hell, if through just the, the networks and connections that I've created, I'm able to like help out friends and, you know, and, and build, you know, bigger and stronger bonds and stronger things. And then, I mean, then that's to me is even more important than, you know, just saying, you know, Hey, I know Evan, he's a friend of mine. Hey, I know Evan and, and Evan's, you know, been great. And he's like, you know where I'm going. <laughs> I'm mumbling now. Yeah. Well, I think that this show is a great example. And it's something I even brought up in the in the talk. And that was because it has created opportunities that we could have never foreseen. And it was through kind of that, well, we're going to do this. You know, we did take it upon ourselves to do this. Nobody asked us to do this. Nobody made us do this. But, but. Uh, so in that way, it is kind of like a self-sufficient thing. But it, but on the other hand, it has created opportunities to do exactly what you just said, and it and it has led to not only like personal opportunities, but to opportunities for others who just kind of were lucky enough to go along the on this ride with us, right? Like that to me is just a, it's just I can't even explain that. It's it's something that. I find incredible satisfaction in. I think that's that's also what you were saying. You're not going to just do that for you. It's going to everybody actually can do it for each other by doing by deciding to do this for themselves. 
uh, really hard to explain for me. I don't know why. Right, but. right. It, it, no, yeah, no, I... <laughs> anyway, I, I'll, I have a video of our presentation that I'll be posting to. It should be up before the show goes live. But, but then, you know, I think the real meat of it is actually in that interview from architects and pros that are out there who have that advice for students and for emerging professionals. Because to me that we need to do this more again, like I really encourage everyone to go and add their two cents in the comments to that video and like make it a resource for students that they can scroll through and find something that resonates with them. And you can have a big impact because we can reach so many people through platforms like this and YouTube that we never had the ability to do before. That's to me like like one of the coolest things about this is there's going to be people who see this, who you have, you would have never have thought and who are in some weird, tiny little country in some weird situation, but they've got internet access. You're going to have the ability to impact potentially somebody on the other side of the world or somebody in your neighborhood, right? And and you don't have control over that, but you can help the situation and we can help the future generations of our profession so that we have a profession in the future, but importantly, that it's their profession and that they can take the good stuff that we have for them now and augment that with their point of view and make it what it needs to be in the future. I think that there's huge potential for that. So again, just encourage everyone to go click on that link and and add your comments because it is useful and helpful. And even if you don't think it is, people will find it and people will find it useful and valuable. Anyway, it it was fun. And I I always, like again, never saw the ability for me to speak with so many students, but it because I mean, you could probably trace it back to this show, right? Like it, how how did I get there because of doing something like this? So anyway, it's pretty cool. And and you were a part of it. So thank you. And I, I appreciate everything that you said. And I think that having a, you know, a further conversation like this to continue the conversation is, is uh, awesome. Yeah. And I, and I think in one, thank you for including me, but I think that this is an important conversation that everybody has and should keep having. Because that literally is what enriches the community, what enriches the profession, is this constant conversation, this constant connection, this constant just unity that, you know, sometimes doesn't seem like it's always there. But, you know, when you really step back and take a look at it, it is there. It's there. It's just you have to seek it out. Don't work in a silo. Get out out of the tunnel. All right, man. Well, until next time. Thanks to Enscape for their support of this episode. Visit Enscape3D.com slash Arcaspeak today for a free 14-day trial. Thanks for listening. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. See all the shows at GableMedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A dot com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out, and don't forget to share it with your friends. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Talk to you soon.